One of the best events in the entire college basketball season, the ESPN State Farm Champions Classic. It always delivers, and it's delivering again. What did I tell you, buddy? Fight, scrap, claw. You never know what can happen. The season starts here, the Champions Classic. It's going to be an awesome night tonight. Looking forward to that. Meanwhile, guys, what do we think? Deion Dawkins showed up to the game last night like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a, yeah. What a yeah. That's what I'm talking about, big boy. Uh, Respect. What, what are you talking about? That's well, yes. what you're talking well, about. Well, what happens. Let me tell you what happened. Jason Kelsey, sexiest man alive. Hey, uh, O-lineman, it unleashed the beast, baby. <laughs> That's what I'm talking Don't be afraid. We ain't hiding no more. Y'all seen the beauty? We're just elevating. Oh, I see you, Dawkins. No, we ain't scared of it. We ain't scared of it. Uh, it's wintertime. You, you advertising that cuddle me? Show him what's up. Show him what's up, man. Ooh. We're not afraid. We're not afraid. Body. Body. <laughs> I honestly can't think of a comment that would be appropriate for the circumstance. <laughs> so I will merely say, welcome back to Get Up. Oh, We're coming God. to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. We are <laughs> fired up this morning. Broke. Yeah, right? He's broken. <laughs> we may, he he rides the Peloton way too much for that. He like, no, 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 no. Some, some people like, man, leave him alone. Do not miss Paul Feinbaum and Desmond Howard. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Paul and Des on Michigan in this hour. Yes. But first. If you didn't see what happened last night, we're simply not going to believe it. Bills, Broncos, Western New York. Buffalo fumbled on the first play of the game. Now here's their second possession. What? Uh, I mean, it's a bullet throw. you got to catch that game. It bounces a bad bounce right into the defender's hand. Turnovers on their first two possessions. Six straight games with a turnover for Allen. How about Russell? Low. Have mercy. That's Whoa. a ball. That's uh, a time machine move from Russell. And that's the only that's place a catch. Play. And that's on fourth down, by the way. They initially rule it incomplete, but take another look. Because how could you believe it? Oh, my oh, word. That's incredible. Cortland Sutton wants you to know just how great that catch was. Denver 9-0 after missing the extra point. Now, back we go the other way. Dalton Kincaid. Oh, my gosh. It's a great throw in the roller coaster that is the Bills offense. Sometimes they turn it over, and sometimes Josh is eight. Bills go for two. They get it. So it's 9-8 Denver. 45 seconds ago in the half. This one, Jeff, is Josh's fault. Can't do it. Can't have it. Again, driving the ball in 40 seconds left. What are you doing? Throwing it to the other team. Absolutely no excuse for that bad ball. Giving away three points at the end of the half. Broncos up 15-8, and they would matter. Tied at 15, fourth quarter. Great Wilson, Javante Williams. Uh, great. Wilson paid for it, but he got the ball off in time to score. Yep. They miss another extra point. So it's 21-15. So now Buffalo looking to respond, and here they come. How does he get this back? Oh, my gosh. This is how he designed it. It's called the bounce play. We used to practice it every week. <laughs> Double dribble. He, he did it. He dribbled the ball as he put them in scoring range, and then Josh Allen, Jeffrey would take it in himself. Yeah, take the roller coaster out of it. I'm just going to keep it and run it in. No, the other team can't get it. I'm going to walk it in. Hey, in we got the lead. Yeah. Everybody relax. Buffalo's going to win all as well. Extra point. 22-21. No. Final 30 seconds. Russell just chucks it up. Is this a good call? Yeah, it's a good call. Unfortunately, they went back-to-back -back zero blitz, and you have a matchup with a safety and a receiver. It's a problem. Now, if you didn't see it, here's how it ends. Nobody's got a timeout left. 23 seconds left. Russell takes a knee. Plenty of time to get the kicking team on. But why is Buffalo substituting just that much? Watch, the Bills are running people on and off the field. They better make sure only 11 of them wind up there, Jeff. Nope, we had three different checks. All three failed. Head coach, special teams coordinator, and the safety all counting. Counted incorrectly, sir. 12 men on the field. And, of course, you know what happens. 
The kick oh. is no good. The Bills would have won the game right there on the on, on the Manning cast. Peyton just about lost his mind, and then they get another chance. And of course, this one is good. And Never so, in impossible fashion, <laughs> the Bills lose maybe the worst game of the year on that critical mistake. And afterwards, there was a lot of conversation. Uh, we practiced two or three times that this week. The substitution from from dime to field goal block, uh, and at the end of the day, uh, we didn't execute it, so it's inexcusable. It sucks. Shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. Um, it's a lot of bad football. A lot of bad football. All right, there's so much to unpack here. Ooh. Okay, but let's start with that. He said, we practiced the substitution from dime to field goal. Why do you have an issue immediately? Because they ran three kneel downs. I mean, they literally ran three. There's no surprise at what they're trying. They're trying to position the ball to give their kicker the best chance to split the upright. This is not like a surprise. You practice this converting from dime to field goal block when it's going to be a significant hurry. There was no hurry. This was clearly laid out as a plan. We're accepting the field goal. This is how we're going to win the game. Why not get your guys in as opposed to trying to go back and forth? And again, there's no excuse. You have you have too many checks for that to happen for 12 guys to end up lined up. What you're saying is three people have the responsibility of making sure you don't have 12 men on the field. Yes, they're all counting. And somehow three people failed. But let's go back to the previous point that you made. There was no reason for them not to have had their field goal defense. Cindy, if you roll it again, when when the ball is downed by Russell Wilson, there is no reason, you're saying, for Buffalo to be running this many people on the field. No chance. They they should have been in their field goal. They should run base defense, which is going to be their field goal block anyway. Everybody's going to be – they didn't expect them to go run plays. The responsibility of a coach or a team leader is to be thinking about a couple plays ahead of time. That is your only job. You cannot block the field goal. You can't change anything on the field. So when coaches have unforeseen, unpredictable circumstances, I will grant them some grace. So if a UFO landed on the field, we don't practice for that. <laughs> I will excuse anything you do, Sean McDermott. However, we uh, all knew. For that. We all knew. The Broncos are trying to get in the field goal range. They got in the field goal range. They kneeled the ball three times in a row. Mm-hmm. At one of those points, you should sub in your field goal block team. Yep. Sub them in then. Count them then. Yes. Don't sub anybody off. And I think it's fair to be critical of Sean Payton for putting his team in that situation where he had to rush the procedure and then missed it. For the kick. But they let him off the hook because the other team was also rushing people off inexplicably. They were surprised by the thing that we all (laughs) were expecting to happen, and it cost them the game. So dime is not the right defense for the kneel down. Is that what we learned today? I'm trying to come up with some justification for it. If you watch, leave you them know out there. That they were they were kneeling the ball down consistently. Is there any chance you have to be concerned that instead of kneeling it down on that last play because it's third down, they have another play that they might throw a pass? Okay, I'm fine. Oh, no, no, I got it. I got it. Fine, that's fine. The field goal block team, because field goals are so hard to block, is always the base defense. Right. Put your base defense out you there and play safe the yeah. entire time. That's right. what a, a team should do and would normally do. Why at the end they're rushing people on and off, creating opportunity for It's not like mistakes. Sean Payton was going to go, oh, they're in base. Check, check. Let's go run this play. <laughs> exactly. they, 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 they were kicking the field goal to win the game. They were already in field goal position. Yeah, it's a risk-averse offense to begin with, <laughs> right? Like They're not, they're not going to take a chance in no. that scenario that results in a turnover. It's out thinking yourself. So, so the point that we're making, I, I want to hope that it is as clear as, as we think it is, 
they screwed this up before the ball was snapped. Yeah, absolutely. The mistake Buffalo made was before the ball was snapped. The, the 12 men on the field piece of it is the residue of the fact that they should never have put themselves in that position yeah, in the first place. It would be one thing, to, to Fox's point, if they were having to hurry and rush on. That's what they're practicing. They stand on the sideline. Okay, 14, 13. So but, all of a sudden, everybody's moving back and forth. But that was after a play had just occurred. The ball got spotted. Everybody's right. There was no surprise, no hurry in this situation. When there is a rush situation like that, because field goals are so hard to block, we don't switch. That's right. Like, the defense doesn't switch. No. If we're going to do a rushed kind of process for the kicking team, defense stay out there, play safe. That's Let, right. Make them execute. That's right. You know how many times you see field goals blocked in this league? It doesn't happen that often. So running on this personnel, to me, seems absurd. <laughs> Leave the group out there that's out there so you don't have any mistakes. I keep going back to Josh Allen saying we shouldn't have put ourselves in this position in the first place, right? Like, it doesn't come down to this if you don't turn the ball over three times in the first half. Right. The Buffalo Bills, I mean, we can focus on this end-of-game situation all we want. Yeah. And it was terrible. But the Bills... The, the first place team in the AFC East beat, beat the Broncos by 50. Like, you don't have to let the Broncos hang around and beat you at the end with a field goal. Yeah. That, Buffalo had plenty of chances to take control of this game and, and rejected every single one. So let's focus on that for a minute here. Because Josh Allen is a superstar, and rightfully so. And to be clear, a minimum, conservatively, 26 teams in the NFL would give anything to trade quarterbacks yeah. with the Bills. So this is not meant to diminish what Josh Allen is. It's meant to ask what he is because he's a brilliantly talented player. But the mistakes, it just feels like they're never going to go away. He's the reason. He's the reason why you're an AFC contender, and he's the reason why you will be a pretender. It's both, right? Because the way he plays dictates what your team does. If he turns the ball over like he did last, and take away the one that's a tip from from uh, from Gabe Davis, right? The tipper. You can't have a, a fumble between you and the, and the running back there. You can't throw that interception. You can't have those. And you look at the games they've lost and how much of the responsibility goes to Josh Allen. And, again, it's risk-reward, right, is that you want those risky plays because he is so good. But when it starts to fail and bite your team and your defense is depleted as it is, it puts you in a very difficult situation to try to win a game. Yeah, I mean, his talent is the reason we hold him to this standard, sure. right? I mean, the Buffalo Bills are not trying to finish 500. They're no. trying to win the Super, Super Bowl. Absolutely. So we can we can criticize him in that context and say, well, is he is he not making the right kind of plays and enough of the right kind of plays to win them the Super Bowl? They're also a team that has had all kinds of stuff happen to it. They're down five starters on the defensive side of the ball last night. They have one receiver that can consistently catch the ball, and he only had, what, five targets? Yeah, three right. catches. Three catches. So, so, look, there's a lot going wrong there that isn't Josh Allen, but what has happened is their margin for error has eroded because of all this other stuff, yeah. and so when the errors do happen, they become that much more costly. Josh Allen is a great quarterback Yes, with the mistakes. If you average it all out with the mistakes, he is great. Sure. If you eliminated those, he's the best quarterback <laughs> right. we've ever seen. So I think arguing that we're going to fix Josh Allen is a mistake, it's a fool's errand. You get the good with the bad with Josh Allen, you yeah. have to address the other issues on the team. The thing that was most concerning is the interception that he threw in this game, not the Gabe Davis, Davis tip. That's not on him. The other one, sometimes he throws interceptions that are him trying to do, like, amazing things. I'm fine with those because sometimes you can do it. That interception, just a terrible throw. At, right. at the worst possible yeah, time. Bad throw at a right bad there. final yeah. minute of the half. It's behind them three points. Like, yeah. I, and it's behind yeah. the receiver. It's like, it, that's the type of thing that 
you think that you can coach out of him. Like, make these good situations. Yeah. But it's hard to coach it out of him when your coach at the end of the game is not prepared for those situations. It all seems to be consistent. And if you're wondering if things are about to get ugly in Buffalo, Ooh. we have an indication the answer may be yes. Uh-oh. Uh, this is the schedule they have coming up, and it is brutally difficult. But, Cindy, if we could, can we please put the Trayvon Diggs tweet up there? I'll remind everyone. Stephon Diggs, superstar receiver for the Bills, who only had five targets and three catches last night. His brother is Trayvon Diggs of the Cowboys, who tweeted last night, man, 14, got to get up out of there. Dominique, how should we interpret that? I think we need to take it quite seriously, and the Bills fans need to be very concerned. If it was just a random family member, some cousin or something, or one of his friends, then I would be like, oh, yeah, they just blowing smoke. It doesn't matter. This is his brother, who is a superstar NFL player who understands the ramifications of a tweet like this. He's not sending that out if he thinks that it's going to land his brother in an uncomfortable yeah. situation. Th- this thing was a powder keg before the season started. Yeah. I mean, they, it's yeah. already frosty, right? Last year at the end of the season, they had issues. Now coming this season, are they friends? Everybody's friends when you win. When you start losing, all of a sudden the warts of that friendship start to show. That's where we are. So, it's frosty in the huddle. Nobody, you know, this guy, like you said, five targets. If you're Stephon Diggins, I think he leads the league in receptions or maybe targets, whatever it is. He gets a lot. It don't matter. It's not enough. If you're, if you're Diggs and you're losing game, I want more opportunities because I'm the most explosive player – and by the way, Josh Allen wasn't Josh Allen until Diggs walked in that sure. building. So he is a, he is as equally important to this offense, and they are not featuring this dude. And when your brother puts it out there, for good reason. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I look, if they rip through the, the, the next couple games on that tough schedule and win and, and go to the playoffs and make oh, yeah. a run, oh, yeah. sure, All everything's good. fine. Look at that. But if they don't, then you could be looking at a situation where 14 gets up out of there. That, that – that, um, that, said, right? that sound you hear emanating from Western New York, I think, is a window closing. Uh-oh. Right? And they'll be open. It'll open again around sure. Josh Allen. You're going to get three windows with that guy as your quarterback over the course of his career. But this particular one, it feels like, is shutting for good. As we continue in a moment, is Michigan now America's team? Jim Harbaugh thinks so. Desmond Howard and Paul Feinbaum will join us together to talk about the latest situation coming out of Ann Arbor. Don't miss it. And don't miss this. He's the biggest story in the NFL. Is he the MVP of the league? We're talking about it next. Get up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. 
One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, there's nothing we enjoy yeah. more than this feature. What does D Fox say? <laughs> so here we go, Nick. I'm going to say something, and you're going to say something in response. If I said Monday night's game between the Eagles and, and Chiefs will be a Super Bowl preview, what does D Fox say? No chance. I mean, I guess there is a chance because these are probably the best teams in either conference. However, something always comes up, and neither one of these teams seem like as dominant as they were uh, at points last year. So someone will lose in single em- elimination on the way to the finals. What do you think of this, Graziano? I agree. I mean, I, I, there's, what was the last Super Bowl rematch? 1994? Oh, Dallas, Buffalo, back-to-back years in the early 90s. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's I, – I, I agree. Something always happens. I don't know what it's going to be, right. but something will trip one of these teams up. It just happens that way. All right, Nikki, let me give you another one here. Too hard. If I said C.J. Stroud and the Texans are going to win the AFC South, what does D Fox said. I mean, my reflex is to bet against the young team and say that sometime it's going to catch up to them, but the way that they're playing right now is incredible. I'm going to stick with the no because I'm an old man and I think there's something about the youth that they have to grow and uh, and uh, mature, but the way that C.J. Stroud is playing right now, it's Mahomesian when you're talking about the first Ooh. year of Mahomes' career. I mean, I got to up it. I like I got it. Dan, uh, Dan Orlovsky saying he's going to win MVP, so yeah. I got to say he's Mahomesian. I like it. Always ladder up. Yeah, you always Tuesday, Tuesday, Fox. Yeah, division. No, 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 no. I'm with him. I, I think uh, I think the Jags are probably still the best team in the division. I know they beat the Jags the first time. They're gonna play them again, but I think the Jags just as the as the season progresses will probably get uh, end, end up winning the AFC South. Yeah, okay. No fun. Despite their 34 to three loss this weekend. Finally, oh, ten weeks wow. into the season, who does D Fox say is the MVP right now? Uh, you think that I'm gonna say Lamar Jackson because he's on the screen? Nah, yep. 95. Miles Garrett is like definitely the front runner for the defensive player of the year. And at this point, this season, it doesn't seem like a quarterback's running away with it. So if a quarterback's not running away with it, we have to look at other possible positions. And there's nobody in football that's better, more dominant, more impactful, more terrifying for opponents than Miles Garrett is. Right. I actually agree with that. Yeah. What you said earlier could be described, I think, as foreshadowing because with this MVP race wide open, Stroud is starting to make noise in that conversation, and there was noise made yesterday here between Dan Orlovsky and Teddy Bruschi. Last week I said C.J. Stroud in the MVP conversation. I was wrong. He's now the leader. For me, he's the leader. We're in mid-November. He can't be. Absolutely, can't be. Teddy. The team's not good enough. We're in right. mid-November. You've got seven two football teams out there. You've got eight and one football teams out there. So th- that was an interesting conversation, and, and this is one that I feel comes up more in baseball than in football, <clears throat> which is 
How important is the team's success to your chance of winning the MVP award? Clearly, in football these days, we usually give it to the quarterback on a team that had a very good season. But I don't know that anyone is exceeding expectation. Any team in the league is exceeding expectation more than the Texans. They were 3-13-1 and a year ago and had the second pick in the draft. He's got them in playoff contention. I think that qualifies, Graziano. I think he's in the conversation. If they end up winning their division, I think think he's a strong candidate. But I I do believe that it has to be from a playoff team it has to be from a winning team because if you I mean, you miss the playoffs how valuable I mean you right. miss the playoffs without you no. yeah. like I, I buy into that so look he's on a roll he, they're they're playing great they're doing everything great they do not make mistakes at the end of games like we saw both teams make last right. night like they're just they're locked in but you know it, it's it's I, I, I mean I, I tend not to like I, I get your point about them needing to be in the playoffs being a winner team but I tend not to like absolutes but we can sure. like saying absolutely your team must be in the playoffs because sometimes they're special situations and this is a team that nobody thought was going to be good and I think we often do coach of the year based on like yeah. our expectations to what the result was yeah it's hard to argue with his impact on what this team has become that's it. Not just on the field. That's fair. He means as much to the franchise as anybody does. Let's, let's say this out loud. The Texans were a laughing stock. Yeah. They were a joke of a franchise. They were what the Bengals were five years ago. And then Joe Burrow showed up, and just like that, they aren't anymore. And I feel like Stroud is having that impact on the Texans. Look, if they start losing a bunch of games now, the, the thing, conversation right? changes. But right this minute, half I, a season left. He yeah. deserve, put the picks up. If we were going to pick MVP right now, we oh. can't project what's going to yeah, happen. Who I pick? MVP right oh, now. Yeah, yeah. You picked. You copped out. No, 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 no. Oh. no, 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 no. I, have, I have a point to make here. I think that whoever wins that game, their quarterback will end up being MVP. But you wouldn't give it to either one of those guys now. Yeah. No, Agreed. I would. Well, Jeff like, would. Jeff gave it to Mahomes right now. But well, here's the thing. He's they're the best team yeah. in the AFC right now. He's doing it with less receiving. He's got his best receiver is a tight end. They're still finding ways to win. We all believe that he's the best player. If Patrick Mahomes wasn't on the Chiefs, you talk about like impact. Oh. How different would the league look if Patrick Mahomes wasn't playing for the Chiefs? Yeah. So when you say right the now, MVP, though, right. that's what it is. Right now, though, the numbers that Patrick Mahomes that offense I'm not, putting up is would suggest that they would be all right with a mediocre quarterback <laughs> because he's giving you that on occasion. So okay. like, what if we're arguing about? Guy. Yeah. If you're arguing about value to a team. It's not about how good your team is. It's about how much value you add to that team. Elevating, guys. Let me just ask you a question. How many people in this room knew who Nico Collins or Noah Brown were before this season began? He's making stars out of players you've never heard of. And this week, Nico Collins wasn't even playing, and they still find a way to win the game at the very end. Yeah, listen. The kid is great. great. We're not knocking him being great. There's a difference between being great and being the MVP of the NFL. And let me ask you this. If the Cowboys go to the playoffs and make a big run, if, if it hurts in the Eagles, lose one game. You're going to give it to CJ. If, if they go 500 or one game above 500, no. you're going to say he's the MVP of the league no. over Mahomes, Hurts, Dak Prescott. Like, it's not just about numbers. It's about who they're playing, how big of the games are they playing in. Yo, listen, I can tell you right now, there's been a lot of great players who never played in big freaking games. It changes things. These dudes are playing in big games each and every week. So numbers don't the, always the tell tough thing every about, story. The tough thing That's about, why good teams matter. The tough thing about this argument is we're arguing about something in the future. 
future. I think we all agree yes. C.J. Stroud should be in the conversation. Sure. What Absolutely. he's done right now. If we get to the end of the year and he's still doing things like this, then we have to it's really true. consider it. And these other quarterbacks are still playing. It ain't going to change my opinion. At 9 and 8, it would not change my opinion. By the way, there are two defensive players on the screen. Yeah, I like that doesn't pick. happen often. Uh, okay, coming up. Oh, boy. Does <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. Let, let's get into the college next. And I want everyone in on this. Jim Harbaugh has a lot to say about everything that's happened in Ann Arbor. The only people who have more to say about it are Desmond Howard and Paul Feinbaum. Oh, yeah. They're getting ready to go next. Don't miss it. Lucky they ain't in the studio. Touchdown on an incredible catch. Wide open touchdown. The ball to Cook, getting it to Murray and letting them do their thing. Wilson gets rid of it for the touchdown. What a job by Russell Wilson. Looking for Kincaid. Allen's going to take it. Touchdown, Buffalo. This one up for Judy. There is contact in a flag. Kick. Perfect. And the Broncos have come to Buffalo, and they're going to leave with a win. So the Bills started the season 3-1. and one. Since then, they are in free fall. 2-4 and four since week 5. They have the most turnovers of any team in that span, with 13 over 2 per game. Allen himself had his third game this season with multiple turnovers, and the Bills have lost all of those. We'll have much more on this Monday night mayhem as we go. But speaking of mayhem, college football, Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh speaking yesterday for the first time since he was suspended by the Big Ten for three games as part of a signal-stealing investigation. Harbaugh says he will be in court Friday where a judge will hear arguments on whether to grant a restraining order that would nullify his suspension. I'm going to talk on uh, Friday. Um, you know, just, looking, just looking for a uh, for that opportunity, you know, due process. Uh, not looking for special treatment, not looking for a popularity contest, just looking for the merit of uh, what the case is. Wanted to clarify, how were you informed on Friday about the decision? Um, just somebody showed me their phone. So, via social media or the Big Ten contacted you? Uh, via social media. Like, uh, yeah, via social media. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. You know, America, America loves a team that that uh, you know beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes what the naysayers and you know critics, so-called experts, think. Um, that's my favorite kind of team. Fascinating day in every conceivable way. And here they are, the two people you most want to hear from on this. Paul Feinbaum rejoins us. He was with us earlier. And there's Desmond Howard. So, Des, there's so much to unpack there. I'll I'll let you start. Uh, Harbaugh says he will be there in court on Friday. What is your sense of where this thing is going ahead? 
well, you know, it's they're going to go to court and they're going to see if they can get the injunction if he's able to coach um, in the game on on Saturday afternoon in in Maryland. I mean, that's what what we're um, we're headed to. But you know, I saw Paul earlier on the show, and you mentioned um, the America's team comment, and the thing Paul said was, well. You know, you may not be – some guys may not be old enough to remember Dallas Cowboys. Paul, I was a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. Like, when we went outside in the backyard and played, <laughs> played football, I was Tony Dorsett. Like, I was mm-hmm. TD number three. Roger Staubach, Tony Hill, Drew Pearson, I can go on and on. And you said, well, they were America's team because they were on TV the most. Who in the hell has been on TV more than Michigan the last four or five weeks? You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me, Paul. So well, you, you make the argument they are America's team. If that's going to be your logic, nobody's getting more press, more more airtime than the Michigan Wolverines. And like I told you the last week, Greeny, who benefits from this? Boy, that Ohio State-Michigan game in Ann Arbor in uh, two weeks is starting to look really, uh, really juicy. Fox is like, <laughs> yeah, keep putting them on the screen. So thank you, Paul, for making my argument that obviously – because of the exposure, they must be America's team, my friend. What is it? Paul, Paul uh, well, listen, I'll just let you respond first. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I don't really know if there is a, an adequate response for that. I was, I was also a Cowboys fan, so Des, after all these years, we have that much in common. I don't know if we have anything else uh, in relation to the University <laughs> of Michigan, but I, I, I just, uh, I, I just, fa- I, I, I am fascinated by Jim Harbaugh too, and I, I would agree with you on one level. Uh, ever since Coach Prime started losing, Jim Harbaugh has become a, the epicenter uh, of media attention, and that's fine with me. I'm not sure if it's really worth debating whether Michigan is really America's team or not, but they are certainly the most talked about team in the country. Uh, and, and I also think they're the most reviled team in the country. And that may be good. You're a football player. That probably inspires players on that team. And I think we saw that after the game. Well, the Cowboys were polarizing, and that's part of what made them America's team. And so maybe Michigan has that as well. You're right. Let's move off of that. Des, I will ask and they you were, And they were winners, too. They were, they were winning a lot, too. They were. Don't Absolutely. forget that. And Michigan is winning. Yeah. They've been in the playoffs. <laughs> but but, but the Michigan last two has seasons. not won it. Uh, but, but Des, Michigan has not won any championships lately. The Cowboys won Super Bowls. Michigan, they won Michigan titles won a lot back, back in the back day. Big Ten championships. Back back to back Big Ten championships. Okay, uh, how, but but I'm, I'm talking about the their, one that really matters, not the not, not the Big they Ten. They destroyed their rival. Uh, Fair enough. You said championships. So so, so let's go. Yes, they've won the Big Ten the well, last two years. They've beaten the last I'm in the uh, – Des, I cover the SEC. I'm used to national championships, oh, not conference oh, championships. Oh, oh stand by. Yes, okay, you hold are. On. No, hey, no arguments from me, my friend. <laughs> yes, you are. You're exactly right. Yes, sir. <laughs> let, let, let me ask you a question, Des. Let me ask you a serious – a, a football question. Do you believe okay. if Jim Harbaugh is not able – again, I don't mean to disrespect Maryland like this, but I think most then of us – do it. Most of us believe that Michigan <laughs> could win this game on Saturday even without Jim Harbaugh on the sideline. But in a showdown against what is currently the number one team in the country in Ohio State, do you believe it would make a substantial difference if the head coach is on the sideline or not? Well, Greeny, I think that people need to understand that coaches, they make their, their money on Saturdays. That's, that's when they're the most valuable to their team. Not to take away anything that they do throughout the week, because when you look at this Michigan team, they're, they're an incredibly prepared team for every game that they go into. They can go into game 
winning it in various ways. You saw that just last week. Everyone was pointing at the game against Penn State, that game right there, number 10 Penn State. Now their season starts, they hadn't played anybody. And Jeff Saturday must have loved it because they lined up 12 personnel, 13 personnel in the second half and just pushed them all over the field with 30 plus straight runs didn't even have to throw a pass. So when you look at a team that's prepared like this, I do think it will have its effect on them, especially in a game of that magnitude. But don't forget, Greeny, they started the season off with Jim Harbaugh not being able to coach, suspended for three games. So now they just hey, the biggest game so far this season on the road in Happy Valley against Penn State, ranked number 10, not knowing until the 11th hour or maybe the 11th minute If their Mm -hmm. coach was going to even coach, had to go out there. Sharon Moore did an exceptional job, and those guys rallied behind him. But So I think there would be an absence. He would be missed, but I still think those guys, they're on such a mission. When you look at them and you listen to them, you understand that they understand the mission, and it's going to be full steam ahead no matter who's on the sideline coaching those young Wolverines. So so the point is that the decision that will be made on Friday or sometime after that hearing could well wind up deciding whether Michigan or Ohio State winds up winning the Big Ten. Paul, this will be a fun one. In the event that Michigan loses a close game without Jim Harbaugh on the sideline, Heather has told us repeatedly the college football playoff committee will take into account the absence of a coach the same way they might the absence of a star player. If Michigan loses a close game to Ohio State without their head coach on the sideline, should they still get into the college football playoff? Yes or no, Paul Feinbaum? I, I, it's hard to give you an answer, Greeny. I, I'd say yes if, if things work their way. Um, but the college football playoff committee will look at that as an injury or, or something else. But, but let's not forget uh, that Jim Harbaugh wasn't pulled off that plane last week and, and made to go someplace because a, a judge or, a, or an entity didn't like him. That was the fourth time in 10 games this year, my friends, that Jim Harbaugh couldn't coach. The first three, he was accused of malfeasance by the NCAA. And, and the fourth time, he was accused by the Big Ten of something. So, I mean, I, I think we all want to make Jim Harbaugh out to be uh, America's favorite uh, idol, but the truth is that he's got a pretty bad reputation, and not only the NCAA have, has come after him, but so has the Big Ten. And Greeny, back to your point, mm. I, I think if a couple of schools <clears throat> lose, then I would argue that Michigan probably belongs. But by not being in the Big Ten championship game, I, I think it will hurt them. All it will also hurt them losing at home. Des, I got two more for you. I, let me I, let I me piggyback. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go. Desmond, go. Now, I was going to piggyback on the whole thing about him being suspended the three games. Let's just yeah. give the audience context. Don't forget, what happened was there was like this dark, cloudy area during COVID. So they said that he did something there that always was is a, with a level two, a level two infraction, a level two infraction during COVID that they said was a slap on the wrist at the time. So the actual act wasn't egregious, but they didn't like his response or how he cooperated. And so someone at the NCAA had their feelings hurt, and they said, we're just going to bump this up from a level two to a level one because we can, because we have that authority. And nothing to do with the initial infraction. It had everything to do with someone who got caught up in their feelings and said, we're going to bump it up from a level two to a level one, and we want to suspend you for four games. And then Michigan says, okay, we'll suspend him for three games. So let's just keep everything in context, Paul. That's all I'm saying, bro. 
Uh, very quickly, Desmond, when we had you on here on Friday morning, I know you were hopeful that the Big Ten would not take action. Uh, I've not had a chance to talk to you. Obviously, you guys were live with game day when, when the news, you know, after the news had come. So many people got a chance to see it. But for our audience, the way this was handled, and you just heard Jim say he found out he was suspended by social media. What is your reaction to all of this and the way it was handled by the Big Ten? Greeny, I thought that it was um, totally unprofessional. I thought it was outright disrespectful, and it seemed really personal. To come after one of your flagship programs the way that the uh, Big Ten commissioner did in the manner in which he did it just seemed like it was totally per a personal thing where we don't care what's going on. We're going to get Jim Harbaugh. And we want to make an example out of Jim Harbaugh. So that was my takeaway because at the end of the day, the, 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 the Big Ten, they wanted to use NCAA bylaws about, you know, head coach's responsibility because they don't have that. The Big Ten doesn't. But at the same time, they want to cast aside the NCAA, NCAA's investigation, which is going to take too long for them to be able to act in the manner in which they want to act, which is by any means necessary, we have to get Jim Harbaugh. Go ahead, Paul. Last word. Yeah, I mean, my problem with Michigan is that they, they, they play the victim card every day of the week. It's never <laughs> their fault, Green. It wasn't, it wasn't their fault back three years ago. Jim Harbaugh, got, they got mad at him at the NCAA. All, all he would have had to have done would be admit breaking a rule, and this thing would have gone away. But Jim can't do that because Jim can't admit that he's ever wrong, and that's the problem here. He is not a victim. He is the culprit here, and, and the Michigan fans just can't get over that fact, and that includes my very close friend. And Desmond Howard. Desmond, would you say? Would you say <laughs> he's that? not playing the victim? He just wants to be treated like everyone else wants to be treated. He just wants due process. No one's taking. Well, tell, it, well, well, Des, tell him to quit cheating then, okay? If they if they quit trying to break the allegedly, rules, they'll get Paul, they'll be okay. Paul, you keep forgetting that word allegedly. Allegedly gets people. Uh, I'm not forgetting anything. Removed, it gets people sued, Paul. Make sure you put in allegedly, well, bro. That's all. Just keep it a hundred. Th thank well, you for the legal advice, uh, Mr. Howard. <laughs> okay, I have to leave it at that. I would have law firm, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Desmond, you're the best. Paul, thank you. Uh, this thing is going to keep twisting and turning. And I'm telling you right now, Jim Holloran producing. I'm coming back to it next. So we, we might talk about uh, the Bills here who made one of the worst mistakes you've ever seen. But everyone sitting at my desk is dying to get in on the Michigan thing. And I'm going to let them do it as we continue, I promise. And first... I love this question for Graziano today. Here we go. Who was the only NFL coach that Jim Harbaugh beat, both as a head coach and as a starting quarterback? It is a great question, and the answer is next. Everybody in the room loves the question today. It's about Jim Harbaugh. Who is the only NFL coach that Harbaugh beat, both as a head coach and as a starting quarterback? It's, it's got to be somebody who was a head coach in the NFL in the 1990s when Harbaugh played and also in the early 20-teens when Harbaugh coached. So that's a pretty narrow field of candidates, right? Like we were trying to rattle it off. Like Tom Coughlin was in Jacksonville and then with the Giants and, and Belichick, of course, with the Browns and the Patriots and Dominique suggested Mike Shanahan, which I liked. I'm going to guess Shanahan. Mike Shanahan again. I'll go with Dominique's guess. 
It's right. It is. Oh, oh, that wow. is incredible. <laughs> that is incredible. I, I, th- that that is incredible. He beat Shanahan in Denver as a quarterback, and he beat him in Washington twice as a coach. Hembo was positive he had you on that he, one. He left. He was there. That is incredible. Teamwork makes the it's dream work. It's a walk-off. Th- that is brilliant. Uh, Jeff Saturday guest Pete Carroll, yeah. who also was a head oh, coach in the 90s one, but not, with not, the Jets not, not and the right. Patriots. <laughs> But the no, answer was make sure. Oh, oh, give me the scoreboard. Give me the scoreboard. Oh, oh, was God. 32 oh, 11 in favor of Graziano. Okay, I'm calling an audible here uh, because the conversation we just had, uh, Desmond Howard, uh, were trending uh, immediately um, to no one's surprise with he and Paul Feinbaum back and forth, I think, giving everyone a little bit of insight into the way the country views Michigan football right now and Jim Harbaugh. The the America's team piece of this, I think, is right. Lots of people loved the Cowboys and lots of people hated them, and that's what made them interesting, and I think a lot of people feel similarly here. And I could sense from around me as I was talking to them, everyone leaning forward and itching to be a part of the conversation. Nick, what is your First and biggest reaction. Yeah, so I'm not going to cry for Jim Harbaugh. I think if they put him on the sideline for now, that's fine. I don't think they should punish the institution until the investigation is completed. But there seems to be enough evidence to pull Jim Harbaugh to the side and at least hold him until they figure out how this goes. I will say this, though. The Big Ten has not yet figured out how to be a professional football league. And we have to accept that these college um, conferences are pro football. And the SEC... Oh, they've been running pro football for a long time. All clean. Oh, All yeah. clean. Yeah, right. What we do I've been there. watching enough football, clean. and I'm, I'm old enough to know that whatever is going on at Michigan is <laughs> something else going on at other schools. The idea that the rest of the Big Ten is the reason why they're coming from Michigan right now blows my mind yeah. because they're costing themselves prestige. They're costing themselves money. Millions I, of dollars. Yeah, I do not think for one second that no one – when's the last time we heard about an SEC – Um, investigation or major violation of... Because it's clean. Yeah, right. Because it's clean. No, it's because they all know that we all doing something and we don't want to hurt each other. The Big Ten is different. Maybe they call it integrity. Maybe you call it stupid. I don't know what you call it, but they're hurting themselves by doing this. Listen, I I can't stand this whole thing, and here's my biggest issue with it. Whether whether Jim Harbaugh is guilty, really, we have no idea, right? And that's the point. There's there's no transparency to this. Everybody keeps going, well, the the Big Ten knows more than the leading on. Well, then you got to say it. You can't just say, okay, we're going to punish Jim Harbaugh. We know that the institution did this, and we're going to penalize Jim Harbaugh. Fast forward all the punishment. Put it on him right now. We're going to make everybody pay. That's the way you're going to do business without due process. If he did do it, then punish him for it. But at some point, you either have to show what he knew and say, okay, we know that Jim Harbaugh knew. So that's why we're punishing Jim Harbaugh. Or you have to allow the process to work itself out and get back to football. It, it, you can't have it both ways. And let me tell you something. Everybody in the Big Ten better be on – because there's other snitches out there. And that's how this started, and it will continue. And every organization that plays in the Big Ten with success will have the – and if everybody just goes, I want to get them benched for three games, it's ridiculous. For the record, I would add to this. One of the things that must, I think, now be taken into, into question is whether or not it is reasonable to assume a head coach just knows everything in his program. That, that is the assumption that is made here. By that, what I mean is this. 
this. It doesn't matter if he knew or not based upon the way the uh, the Big Ten is handling this right. because the assumption is if you didn't know it, you're supposed to know about right. it. It happened on your watch, and thus you are responsible for it. In, in 2023, with all of the things that are going on, to your point, this is now professional sports in every meaningful way. Is it reasonable to just say, well, if it happened at the school, then we're laying it at the foot of the head coach, and that's it? Yes, it's reasonable to do that because the way that you get around – the way that teams would do this in the past is you don't tell the coach. You give him plausible deniability. Right. So the way that you remove that plausible deniability, it's like a – I don't want to get into, like, real legal terminology, but they just go and say you're responsible for for everything. And I think it's a reasonable thing to but do. But due process has got to matter, bro. No. There has there has to be a process in which law. you – Due right. process is a criminal law concept. This is not a criminal case in front of a judge. What's in front of a judge is a, a restraining order request because they feel like the, 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 it would do irreparable harm, which, by the way, that argument gets undercut by the fact that they won Saturday uh, without him. So do pro- everybody keeps saying due process, like it's this catchphrase that, that the Michigan people are all using to defend themselves. The Big Ten can govern itself however it wants. Right. It, 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 can, it can suspend Jim Harbaugh because he has bad breath. That's a great world that we want to live in. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, that, that, that's my point. My, my point is, like, look, if the Big Ten has has something they're not obligated to tell us, right? Like, but, eventually- but we've all sat here and said Jim Harbaugh is not a well-liked individual as a coach, and other coaches in the league do not like him. They, the NC2A definitely don't like him because he called them out as well about, about being hypocrites and all kinds of – he sets them out there. Whether you like him or hate him, right. he sets them out there. The and because thing- he does that, he's being punished ahead of schedule, in my opinion. The hardest thing about having this is we all want to take a side, but they're all wrong. Like, there's plenty of reason to be critical of yes. Jim Harbaugh. There's plenty sure. of reason to be critical of Michigan. There's plenty of reason to be critical of the Big Ten. It's all a mess. And the rules that the Big Ten is using to penalize them is incredibly vague. And they're falling back on statutes from the NCAA, which is not something that they've applied to other people in the past. So it's a sloppy mess. And I understand if I'm Jim Harbaugh saying, well, you got to charge me with something. But I also understand them saying, we know you up to something. Get on the sideline. Don't embarrass us. And from the NCAA side and the rest of college football, they are looking for a reason. I was surprised that Paul said that they could still get into the playoffs if they lose, my assumption is everyone else is looking for a reason to get them out because this doesn't do anything but embarrass them. If he gets into the playoffs, if he wins the national championship, and then we're going to look back on this with shame. Hashtag free hardball. Why not? <laughs> It'll yeah. be fun. All right, we're coming up. At first take is on the way right around the corner. Are the Bills done? Is Josh Allen still an elite quarterback? So many questions following last night's game. Molly, Stephen A., Shannon, Jeff Saturday will be there too. First take. Five minutes. College hoop season begins in earnest tonight. Great doubleheader with the college football playoff selection special coming in between the two games. You see it all right there. All right, before we go, meanwhile on planet Earth, Graziano, Sunday. Why do you have two mics? I, I'm doing the radio broadcast, oh. and I'm also doing TV. Oh, that's... Much like yourself, I like to be very versatile and help out in any way that I can. I love it. How about that? What a good guy. Hey, my friend George. He's big. He's big. I'm, I'm not big. <laughs> I'm not tall. You think you could do his job? His Instagram feed is just me talking to much larger men with <laughs> microphones in my hand. That's pretty the much it. The fun continues with First Take right now. <laughs> 